When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey everyone. What's going on, mate? More previews. That's what's going on. We're just crunching Mm. them out, bro. We are. We. You may have noticed an extra bonus episode in your feed on Wednesday. That is because we have fallen slightly behind. The, the season's really crept up on us, Nicholas. We've got just one week to go until the NRL season begins with just the two games in Las Vegas, of course, where I will be attending and we will be having some podcasts for you every single day. But before that, we've got a couple more previews to get through. And we will welcome on our Eels fan, Edwin Smith, in just a second. But before that... Uh, Cambo, it's time for a quick plug for the greatest tipping competition in the world, the Coltrane Cup. Yeah, so that's something that we run through our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash boomrookies, you'll be able to sign up. I'm pretty sure every, uh, I'm pretty sure the, the lowest, tier, lowest tier $2 gets a month. Um, and yeah, it is. it really is the best tipping competition in the world. If you're anything like me, you've been in tipping comps your whole life. And, you know, while it's nice to pick a full round or whatever, you know what's better than that? High stakes. That's you right. know the highest For stakes keeps. of all? Life and death. The second all highest stakes nothing. of all is the Coltrane Cup. Mm. We uh, we'll have we have video explainers for it on our socials, but the basic premise is you only have to tip one game correctly every week. You can't tip the same team two weeks in a row. And over the course of the season, you have to tip every team in the league at least once. Yeah. So this was particularly high stakes in 2016 when the Knights won one game, for example. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And you know who uh, tipped yeah, them that a... week? Me. God bless you, Balloon Gate. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a great comp. It's got a lot more strategy to it than a regular tipping comp. It's unbelievably addictive. We make our picks for the mm-hmm. Coltrane Cup every single week. In fact, let's play him the drop. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. Oh, he thinks he did. Oh! Coltrane Cup. You got to yep. love that. You got to yep. love that. You know? Yeah, it's, so it's, if you it's wanna, very funny. If you... When that when that game when I see highlights from that game now and all I can think of is our little tipping competition. But yeah, it's it's great. Uh, if you win, you get either grand final tickets or a jersey from the club of your choice. I actually did run into I did run into last year's winner uh, Puddles on the hill at Cogra on Saturday, and he's still undecided. I'm like, mate, what do you want? Make a decision. And he still hasn't decided whether he wants grand final tickets for this year or another jersey. Maybe he'll wait and see how the Knights. I was going to say, say, maybe 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 he'll wait and see how how the Knights start the season this year. And then, (laughs) and then if they're like eight and two after 10 weeks, he'll give me a call and say, give me the tickets. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but if you don't get your tips in for the opening week, it can be really, really hard to catch up. So if you guys want to get involved, you do have to sign up before the season starts. Um, if you, if you want to take one of the Vegas teams, sign up before that, if you're not as fussed about it, then you can sign up right up until the rest of round one, but get involved. It's a whole lot of fun. Indeed. And now joining us, Parramatta fan, 
uh, head of the social sandwich, one of our dearest friends, Edwin Smith. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's been a while between drinks since the old having me on the podcast. And thanks. I think for you came on for Origin Chat once upon a time. You love the blues. What a, what a time that was. Um, mm. I obviously didn't do much right because I wasn't invited back for three years. But um, <laughs> hey, here we are. We're back. You're off probation. I, I've Eddie, made it. Eddie, and- uh, Eddie is also the the show's social media consultant. So it's true. Keeping it in the family, which is very nice to see. Uh, Eddie, you'll be pleased to know I got shadow banned on TikTok yesterday, but I worked it out and I got unshadow banned. Did you on just TikTok? TikTok? That's that's say TikTok. Yeah, not great. Not no, no, the, the TikToks are going well, but no, only, I actually, I, I actually only, left the... only one of us can be bad with computers. That's true. It can't be if, if it's one of us, then it's charming. If it's both of us, then it's a it's, fucking disaster. Okay, well, just just follow us on TikTok, all right? No, but I worked out it's because someone, uh, someone in the clip said a swear word, so I reposted it without the swear word, and then it was Ooh, fine. Who said so, the swear? Uh, Josh Barnett. Oh, really? It wasn't either of us? No. So we're Incredible. off the hook. Yeah, no. clear. Great representative, just great sterling representatives of the worldwide leader. Family I show. Think getting getting banned on a social media platform for a short period of time is like a bit of a rite of passage. So you've you've okay. made it through and. You know, lessons, lessons learned. And yeah, look, you guys have been, you've been doing great. You've been making me proud on, you know, just, just actually posting it was, it was a big thing. I know mm. for a long time, I was like, you know, you guys maybe should like post more than just on Twitter and, you know, maybe yeah, do, do Instagram, like Instagram's kind of a big thing and, you know, maybe even TikTok. And so you started doing it and then I enjoy the messages of like, Eddie, the video that we posted on TikTok has already had more views than we've ever had on, on Twitter kind of, yeah. kind of vibes. And it's like, yeah, I've been telling you for, it's funny the, the the show wouldn't exist it. the show wouldn't exist without Twitter in a way but damn that platform is deader than dead isn't it? Well, I'm I'm looking forward to continuing the the tradition of bringing a, a random Twitter nerd to do a preview and now I'm said That's you. random Twitter nerd. So, <laughs> but I'm, Eddie, I refuse. <laughs> I'm not doing threads. I'm not doing threads. I refuse. No uh, one uses it except I'm you. I'm not all in on threads, but I'm I'm like a. Half a half a toe. Half I a get toe. one threads notification a week, and it's the social sandwich has posted a thread. It's just me. Look, yep. Anyway, so Twitter's you... a dead. Twitter's a dead platform. Eddie, mm. are Parramatta's premiership dreams dead? How good uh, segues think... now? Is this what you've been? Is the extras you've been doing in the off season? Yeah, hundred percent. I would. Di- I did not run up a sand hill. I did not touch grass. I stayed. I just sat in a dark room thinking of segues. I'm very proud of you. Just segues for all situations. I think yeah. you did pretty well there. Um, I think you've you've mixed it up a little bit because it's actually the opposite. I think Parramatta will be winning the comp this year. Uh, and yeah, podcast over. Thanks for having me. Yep, everyone, right, thank out, you so read, much. Read, read out the names, that's you. it. And thank you too. No, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, Parramatta to me are one of the strangest teams, right? Because on their day, they can compete with any team in the comp. They're the only club that's consistently troubled the Penrith Panthers over this last sort of dominant reign of of four years or so. And yet in saying that in the two biggest games where they've played Penrith in the, in the prelim where they lost 12, six and in that grand final where they got flogged, they've come up short. They've been able to handle them pretty much every other time they've played them aside from those two games. And then they'll have games against other big teams where they, they, they take care of business as well. But then somehow we got to the end of last season, Eddie, and they were, they were, they were just 10th or ninth, whatever they finished. And you sort of look at this team that was in a grand final the year prior and consistently does trouble those top teams in big games and go, well, how the hell did this happen? How the hell did this happen? Yeah, they are an infuriating team to support, which I feel like every team says that, but I think Parramatta is kind of a little bit different. 
I feel like every year I get really excited at this time of year and I'm like, it's got to be our year. This is our time. And the last couple of years we've been, I think one of the, the better teams in the comp, obviously grand final a couple of years ago, even last year was just one of the weirdest years I can remember as a para fan where I felt like we were so close to being, you know, the top two, top four team for most of the season. And I kept being like, just something's going to, you know, we're going to win those tight games. Things will turn around. And they did for a little bit kind of midway through the season. And then towards the end of the year, we just, I don't know, we, we fell away a little bit. And I think the big thing for me was the start last year. Like I think mm. I was um, checking before, but they, you know, they lost their first three games by four points. They then beat the Panthers in golden point in round four and then lost by eight points the next round kind of, and it went like that for, you know, the first half of the season where they just couldn't get any momentum together. And they were really, really playing catch up after, mm. yeah, just not being able to get one of those tight wins in the, you know, the first kind of six weeks. And, you know, that were one win out of the eight. Yeah. And anyway, and, so it was like a couple of wins and things could have been very different last year, but. Well, that's, that's, that's my main takeaway, right? It's because I look at one specific game and it was that game where you played the Warriors with quite literally the most understrength Parramatta team I've ever seen. And if you win that game, which probably you could win if you had your full strength team on that day, you win that game, you're in the eight. So as bad as everything was, like you were still pretty close to playing finals football last year, which I think given how atrocious that start was, has to give you confidence for this year. Yeah, look, I am an eternally optimistic person by by nature. So I think I'm coming in feeling, yeah, pretty good about things. I think, yeah, the... I don't think we've really lost or really gained kind of anyone of of note, but you know, we've kept the kind of the core um you know, the core crew there. Um, you know, there's obviously there's a few kind of issues that I'm hoping gets resolved this year, you know, around like the the hooker situation. But you know, you've got Moses and Brown there. Obviously we had Brown miss I think it was seven games last year, which you know, it's not ideal missing your kind of star five eight. So I'm kind of expecting a big bounce back year from him. I think he's come out and said hey i want to make up for you know being a bit of a, a pest at the at the pub and um yeah really make it up to para fans and, and to the team so i think yeah really expecting a big year from from him to to make up for that and um yeah i yeah i just if they get up to a good start i think that'll make me feel really good but if we lose the first couple again then you know it might be some some panic stations Parramatta are a a very interesting team to me. You guys have sort of identified the bad start last year, and that was something they never quite recovered from. The finish was also pretty bad. They were fifth after round 17, and then they lose, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. They lose four of their last, quick maths, you can do this, Nick. They lose four of their last eight, and they drop totally outside the top eight. You know, they only they only got higher than seventh spot on the ladder for one week all of last season. And I know there was injury problems with with Dylan Brown, and I know the Josh Hodgson stuff at Hooker didn't really work out, and that took some time for them to to sort out. But for a team this talented, that's just not acceptable, I think. And I think Parramatta sort of find themselves at a crossroads this year with, with Brad Arthur. I think Brad Arthur's a really good coach. I think Brad Arthur can be a premiership winning coach if – Ricky Stewart went back to his home planet tomorrow and the Raiders got Brad Arthur. I would be absolutely stoked. I think he's really good. I think he's been so good for a lot of the careers 
of a lot of the guys there. A lot of them weren't much when they came to Parramatta and Brad Arthur turned them into consistent first graders and rep players and all that sort of thing. But he's been there a long time now. He's been there for 10 years. He does have an intense style of coaching. He works the guys hard. He expects a lot of them. And I wonder if because that core group of guys that Eddie's talking about, because they've all been there for so long, I wonder if the Brad Arthur process and the Brad Arthur style is still getting through to them. I think that says a lot more about the players than it does Brad Arthur, but it's a lot easier to replace a coach than it is to totally revamp a playing group, especially when some of them are off, are under contract for the next 10,000 years, like a lot of these para guys are. So to me, if Parramatta don't like have a deep finals run this year, it wouldn't surprise me if they start thinking about moving Arthur on. And I, I think I've said this on a couple of the question shows, but Wayne Bennett's finishing up in Redcliffe at the end of the season. And I can't think of a team that has more raw materials and playoff experience and a lot of ambition, and then maybe just need an extra little bit of magic that because Arthur's been there so long, he can't quite provide that. That to me is something that I'll be thinking about pretty much every game Parramatta play this season. And if they have a season like last year where they just sort of can't, they just can't get their stuff together. They lose games. They should win. They can't close things out. I don't know. I think come come August and September, some tough decisions could be made. You know that that that's kind of that's kind of my starting point for Para this year. It's it's very much put up or shut up. You know, like show me what you got. Show me that this is still your guy. Show me that you're still responding to this good coach's methods. This coach who's been there for so long and played such a big role in the club's success over the last couple of years. Yeah, I definitely think he's a big question mark this year. If things yet don't quite go to plan. I there was one of the things I was gonna mention actually just if it gets to the end of the year, yeah, we we scrape into seventh and lose in the first week of finals. I think I've been a big Brad Arthur guy. I think he's gotten a lot out of a lot of guys that wouldn't have got anywhere near the level that they would have if it wasn't for him, I think. But at the same time, you know, there there might need to be a change if, if that doesn't happen. And yeah, I, I actually saw there was a few like you know, whispers about the Bennett stuff. I think Fox Sports might have reported it maybe in this week that there was some kind of whispers that maybe he might he might do it. And I guess the the argument's always been, well, if Arthur goes, like, who do you get? And I've never been there hasn't been someone that I was like, I would love for him to come and come and take on on the para challenge. But if it's Bennett, I think he'd be the one, you know, one of few that I'd be like, you know what, let's give it a shot. Let's, you know, while we've got these guys still, you know, not getting any younger, right? Like you're your Guthos and your Moses, um, like, you know, bring him in for a year, see if you can just have a run at a, at a premiership. And um, yeah, I think Arthur now as well as like our most, our longest ever. Yeah. Coach. Yeah. He's, he's coached the most. 10 years. It's a, it's a really long, a long, time. long time. A long time. A really long time. Um, Famous so, eight Tiger legend, Brad Arthur. So good on him. I was going to say, could you turn your back on a fellow Bateman's baby and like that? Look, it'll be, it'll be hard, but um, you know, it's 10 years we've, and I probably won't, to be honest. Like, even if we get to the end and there's, you know, all those, like, there's probably going to be a lot of good signs and I'm probably like, oh man, he's he's, he's going to pull it together. Like, it's going to happen. So this is a team I, that should have, like, quite a bit of consistency about them. They have the ingredients to do that. They have a really settled, they have a, three members of the spine are really settled. They've got a very strong middle rotation. Others always great at getting blokes, at getting blokes in, turning them into very productive 
middle forwards, but there are a couple of holes here. Hooker's one of them. Brendan Hans did a pretty good job last year. They also brought back Joey Lusick from St. Helens towards the back end of the season. I sort of get the impression that Lusick is in the lead for it, but how are you feeling about the dummy half situation? Because that was a bit of a hole for him last year with when Josh Hodgson just didn't work the way I wanted it to. Yeah, that was such an odd situation where even in the first, because I think we watched the first Paris Storm game together and, and Hodgson did a couple of nice things. And, you know, I was getting excited for him and you were talking through some of the things that he was, you know, he was putting some of our edge back rolls in some good space. And you were like, oh, bro, he does this all the time. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a and then good he never, And then he never did it. <laughs> and then it was, a, it was a good, like, Oh, Hojo. Oh, come back to Canberra, Hojo. Um, but then, I don't know, I, I thought Hands was really good when he came in. And, um, you know, kind of, I was excited about what he was doing. And then, yeah, we got Lusik over. And it was almost like that week, he just started playing ahead of Hands. And it was a really weird situation where, I couldn't tell what Hans had really done wrong. Like if he was just cooked from, you know, playing big minutes in the middle, which is probably fair enough. But um, I don't know what he's going to do this year because he started Hans last week. I think this week Lusik is starting in a more kind of full strength team. So do you read into that as, you know, Lusik has got the the nod over him? I know trials are always weird, right? Where you kind of, you read into things and you overlook, you overread and you kind of, try and make make assumptions from what's happening. But I think Brad Arthur's come out and said mm. he wants an 80-minute hooker from one of them. So he wants them, whoever it is to play 80, which is also a bit of a, I don't know if I love that or or not, or if he's actually going to do that. Um, yeah, it feels like Lusik maybe has got the, well, he's, the he's, upper hand. But, yeah, you know. I think Campo touched this on one of the prior previews that being an 80-minute hooker, now is one of the hardest jobs in rugby mm-hmm. league. And I think we all agree on that. And so, yeah, for this weekend's team list, he's gone with Lusick starting and hands on the bench. As you said, I would be surprised if either of them got, you know, full reign to be out there for 80 minutes. Like it, it's one thing to want that, but it's another thing entirely to have a guy that's capable. Like, very few players are capable even, even of the doing super, that. Even the super yeah. fit guys like Damien Cook, right? Even mm. he sort of even Havili comes on and, and gives us ten. Yeah, like it's it's like, it's it, with with how quick the game is these days, it's really really hard to handle the hands. Lusick, it's it's a it's an interesting comparison. I thought hands uh, defended really well when he was when he's out there last year, and his service was pretty good. But I don't know how much he was creating out of dummy half. Lusick hasn't played that much NRL himself. He's only played the the 15 games, like mainly with Para than one with Manly years ago. But he does have a lot of uh, Super League experience. He played in a grand final with Salford. He played in a grand final with St. Helens. I think he has a little bit more attacking spark to him. And I think that's what Parramatta really need. I don't think it's a coincidence that they started becoming, you know, a, a bit of a top four mainstay once Reed Marnie became a more capable playmaker and took a lot of pressure off uh, Moses and Brown. So I think they really need that. Like you, you talked about Dylan Brown having a big season this year. I think for that to happen, he needs someone creating out of dummy half to at least take a little bit of that pressure off. The other query that I have for Parramatta is their centers and their edge forwards. And they're a, like in, in back row, they've got a lot of nice options. Centers a bit thinner. It's an interesting one to me because I think you can, you need strikeout wide, right? And you can get it from a center or a back rower. 
And if you have it in your back row, you can sort of have workmen like centers. If you get it from your centers, you can kind of have workmen like back rowers, but you need it from one of them. Bryce Cartwright had a great season last year, but I think he's more of a creative player than sort of necessarily a hard, a hard line running forward. And I think that's sort of what they need out there. Sean Lane might be able to be that guy. I know you're a big fan of his, but he had that broken jaw last year, sort of struggled to put it together a little bit. Who who do you see starting in the in the in the centers, and who do you see starting in the background? What do you what do you want out of them? Yeah, the the back row is interesting because I think Cartwright almost like reinvented himself as more of like a gritty kind of workman like back row, which was weird because you think of Cartwright, and you think of like the flashy offloads and the the funky stuff that he can do, and I think off, off the back of the season he had last year, like he'd have to get first crack at it. I'm I'm interested in how this um the new bloke from from Manly um what's his face? Uh uh Tua sorry. Uh, both Manly players are gonna feature in this conversation, right? Um but I think Tulangi was he was pretty good I thought in the trial and you kind of mentioned this before but Arthur does have a way of turning like a pretty average underperforming back rower into someone where everyone's like, I had no idea that he was this good. Like um, Papa Lee, there's Sean Lane, Cartwright, like he seems to be able to do it with, um, you know, a lot of these players. So, you know, I'm hoping that he can turn into someone that, yeah, if Cartwright slips off or, yeah, even Sean Lane, I thought when he came back last year, he, you know, as the the head of the Sean Lane fan club, he did kind of let me down a little bit. Like he didn't have that same kind of attacking flair. It felt like he was, you know, almost at like three quarter pace. I thought he lacked confidence. I thought yeah, he, he lacked he confidence. Just... And the way he plays, he has to be confident because he's throwing passes and flicking offloads and throwing that big frame around. Like he has to, he has to feel right for things to go right. You know? Um, yeah. I, I hope that he, yeah. Full kind of preseason comes back and just, you know, runs that great line is offloading. I think playing off, I don't know how many games, obviously he missed some and, Brown miss some, but if they're kind of both there together, I think that's a good combination where they can, you know, he can run off Brown and, um, you know, run that great line. And then that gives Brown options as well um, to kind of go out the back, which if they can both stay fit and healthy, then I think that could be um, mm. quite a nice little profitable edge for, for para. Um, yeah. The centers is always that problem um, where they just haven't found the right guy. I think they've got Penasini who, um, I think he was pretty good last year. Um, I'm I'm always waiting for him to take that like real next step to be that like really explosive center that just can win you games. And I think sometimes he shows signs of that. Um, other times he yeah potentially doesn't. But I'm I'm hoping for a big year again from from him. And that other center spot is yeah I don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, I love a flick pass and Harper had that flick pass last week. You probably don't put him into the centers based off like one cool moment in a trial versus... Um, that's one. That's absolutely what you do. Get him in there. What well, else are trials okay. for? I would have pulled him off at the, at the, mm. after that said, save yourself, mate, save yourself for round one, brother. You're, we you're need one. you out there. So I think there's obviously, there's him. Um, there's Simonson as well, who you could potentially, um, yeah, kind of put in there, who was like for about four or five weeks last year in that mid-season run 
It was actually really good. And I was like, oh, Simpsons Carved, actually. Like... Carved sounds up that night. At, yeah, he was like, uh, what SMS. is going on? I think he yeah. carved up the Raiders as well. A bit of a revenge game. And mm. since when is Bailey Simpson like, I think he scored like five weeks in a row or something crazy like that. Um, And then kind of fell away at the back end of the of the year. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um that that position is always going to be that like, yeah, what are we, what do we kind of do there? We signed Harper, obviously. I feel like there was a few other players like you really wanted to get kind of crazy. I thought he would have been just like the perfect fit. That would have been a good signing. That would have been nice. And I, like there was, I was like, that just felt like what it should have just happened. Like, I don't know why it didn't. Like, why is he going to the Bulldogs? There's like 85 other players. There was a the bit of talk. There's a bit of talk of them getting Harley Smith Shields down from Canberra. And I think that would have been another really good one because he's that classic Brad Arthur success story where he's got a lot of physical talents, but his career kind of stalled a little bit and like a freshen up, a change of scenery and some really hard work under a new coach, I think could, could have got the best out of him. I, I, I was a little bit surprised that they went with Harper to me. Like he's a, mm. a good backup. I don't know if he's. We kind of know who that guy is at this point. Needs. Yeah. Penasini, yeah. um, a very tough, very rugged, a uh, strong and physical defender. I'm kind of like you though. I, I sort of want to see that that next step. I want to see him be more explosive and dynamic in attack. And maybe he can be that strike presence for for Parramatta out wide. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I wonder if that's going to be a problem for the Eels this year. Like I think with the forward pack they've got, they'll always be able to. To make meters, you know, they're mm. gonna, they're gonna, they're literally, they're overflowing with, with capable middles, if not good middles, if not some of the best in yeah. the competition. Moses and Brown are always going to be able to create. Gutherson's always going to be there in support and convert a lot of chances. But out wide, I think there are some, some queries. Yeah, I, I love their middle. Their spine's really good, but everything else is a concern, I think. And, you know, well, I think you'd write, well, I, no, I, I think that. The, the two things that are strengths to Parramatta are far harder to get than the other things. You can find good outside backs. You can find good edges. It's much harder to have a formidable middle rotation, which is what Parramatta have at this point. And it's certainly much harder to have a spine with, with such capable playmakers in it. So there are, pro- there are problems that can be fixed, but they are still, to me, very obvious problems going into this season. And I, I really hope as well that someone like Sean Russell as well, who has had a bit of like an injury effect to start to his career but i'm hoping that he can kind of take things to the next level you know either in the wing i think he played a bit of center last year as well so um from the wing i think feels like he's yeah, he really scored that hat trick in 2022 and then he's he got his lungs exploded oh yeah <laughs> I think, it was, I think it was his first game when he scored yeah that, i believe it i think i think it might have been it might have been second or something but like, i think he might have played once the year before but yeah remember he scored that hat trick and he jaden campbell and him smashed together and he's yeah his ribs yeah, just so, got yeah and he wild. um he ran down Savage in the trial as well. So, you know, taking into the Did. fact that trial form is very important for him. Like, he's in for probably winger of the year, I reckon, Sean Russell. It's tough to argue. Love it. Love it. That's a take. That's a take. There's That's a, how you do it. There's there's a take. That was, um, yeah, maybe a bit too spicy. But um, I'm, I really hope that he can have just stay on the field, lock down that position, um, and, yeah, just be... Because he started to show some signs as well last year. Um he had a couple of good finishes as well, which mm. uh, he kind of wasn't doing. Like, he didn't have that 
you know, the classic diving in the corner winger finish in him, but he's hard to show that. So he's an athlete, man. He's an athlete. He's, he's, he's a big unit. He's putting on a, he's putting on a bit of muscle. He's faster than you'd expect for a fella of that size. Like running down Xavier Savage the other day. That was very, very impressive. I thought like, and he's, he's someone who I think a bit like Penasini has sort of been on the cusp of breaking out for a year or two now. So that would be, that would be an exciting thing to say. Normally with this stuff, we like to pick out a young player, to watch someone who might be coming out from under the radar. I don't actually have one for Parramatta. I think they're the only team where, where, where I don't have one. It's a very settled roster. It's a very experienced one. And of the very few young fellas in the top squad, I, I, I just don't know a whole lot about them. So it's cheating, but Sean Russell is sort of my pick for the, for the young breakout player, even though he's been on the team for a couple of years already. Yeah, I yeah, I like, I like that. They've got yep. a relatively established squad. There's not going to be a lot of guys that we don't know, I think, breaking into this. They've, they've had very little squad turnover. Like they've lost Nathan Brown and they've lost Josh Hodgson and Andrew Davey to retirement. And they've signed two guys from Manly. And that's that's basically it. Plays into what I was talking about before, man. Mm. This is a, a very, very settled football team. A lot yeah. of the things have been the same for a really long time now. And that can be a strength, but it can also be a weakness because it's easy to get stale. I would have loved it if they just brought in a bit, a bit more new blood just to keep things, just to keep things fresh. But you know, yeah, I think it didn't um, happen that way. I obviously been listening to the previous, so I, I knew that you would ask the, um, you know, young player question. It's called preparation say, fellas. That's why he's the best. It's called, um, yeah, preparation. And also I didn't want to embarrass myself on, the esteemed podcast that is this very nice show. Although I am disappointed that I'm not going to be able to listen to the Parramatta episode now because I hate the sound of my own voice. So I won't be listening to this episode. So you've robbed me of the podcast listen. So um, anyway, um, so I, I Thanks, had, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, I had, I had Russell as well as my kind of, you know, not quite a young player, but someone to watch this year because I think, yeah, if he can string it all together, um, it you know hopefully he can he can be someone that everyone's like oh Sean Russell's got um got a bit of something about him I think Hayes Dunster as well is someone that is has always been kind of floating around again been injury affected the last couple of years um he's a bit kind of smaller and um yeah seems to yeah have a bit of pace but if I haven't seen much of him this preseason but yeah if he's managed to yeah put on a couple of kgs and yeah he could be someone that could find his way into the team as well um which yeah hopefully he can he can make some some noise but yeah, there's definitely some options in those outside backs but there's no one that's screaming out um pick me and this, this is the the obvious team so interested, interested to see what they what they go with in round one mm. yeah i i think that what camper just said about it being both a blessing and a curse is really interesting because this is a squad that's been relatively, you know, similar over the last, not just this year to last year, but the last few years, it's, it's basically the same guys that have been there for this whole sort of second half of Brad Arthur's reign. And there's been some really good years, 2022 grand final springs to mind, but then you've got years like last year where it all, where it all just fell apart at the start, got together in the middle for like 10 weeks and then fell apart down the stretch again. So I really just, do not know what to make of this team as a whole. Again, I, I just go back to what I've been saying on a lot of these shows, which is that to me, the competition this year just feels 
as wide open as it's felt in a long time, apart from probably Penrith. And like, there's a world where Parramatta recapture that middle of the year form from last year or the majority of their 2022 form and surge their way back into the top four. But there's an equally realistic scenario where it all kind of goes pear-shaped. Brad Arthur's a dead man walking. They finish 11th or 12th or something. And we're all talking about what an impact Wayne Bennett's going to have when he gets here next year. And I just really, I'm struggling to really put my flag in either camp or anywhere in between. I just don't really know what's going to happen with this team. Plant a flag. This is the take business. Plant that flag. Well, I'm I'm planting my flag on the island of 10th place. I'm sorry, Edward. I knew you were going to say that and it still hurts. I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's not that I don't want you to be happy and my, and my nan to be happy like and, exactly and Mary Kay to be happy and uh, and our friend Mitch Clark to be happy and all the other Eels fans to be happy. It's not that. It's just that some of the teams from last year that underachieved are going to have to catapult back into the top eight. That's just the reality. They can't have multiple down years in a row. And I just feel like teams like Souths and the Cowboys have a better chance of doing that than Parramatta do. And that's not a slight on Parramatta and... Again, we'll not be shocked at all if they're firmly in the top eight or perhaps even in the top four. It's just I don't I'm not impressed with what they did. Yeah, like their their outside backs and their edges are a concern and they've kind of got a guy in Tualangi that was struggling to get minutes in a not great manly team, and a guy in Morgan Harper who we've now seen three or four seasons of, who's a solid player, but I don't think is moving the needle particularly in in that direction that Pam had to go. Did you say he split pass though? I was next to you when he threw it, so yes. But okay, well, there uh, go, third. Okay, I'll I'll readjust my position from tenth to third. Yeah, Great, I can't believe you've succumbed to peer pressure like that. Well, I'm obviously not doing that. We're not allowed when to change. Parafans, it. Once the pick when, is when, in... when he was saying earlier that he wanted them to do well, he was twirling his moustache evilly. It's all a, it's, not. It's, it's all it's all a facade. This nice guy, Matty B, stuff. Get it out of here, man. Get it out of here. Look, I I think Parramatta minute like they should be aiming for this is a team that should be aiming for the top four, right? They have enough quality in them for that to be their goal. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they could definitely make the top eight based on the strengths that we've talked about already on this show. One guy that I just want to mention really quickly, Jermaine Hopgood, who had a a terrific season with them last year after coming over from Penrith, um, put up really strong numbers, great running the ball, great offloading, strong passer in the middle as well. I think he's actually going to be even better this year because while he was strong last year, there were occasional instances where the pace of the game got to him a little bit, particularly late in matches. Um, I know it was only the first game of the season, but um, in the season opener last year, when Harry Grant sort of got him dead to rights for the trying golden point, uh, Hopgood have just turned his back for a second because in reserve grade, where he played most of his footy, you can get away with that. I'm expecting that stuff to not happen anymore. I'm expecting Hopgood to have an absolutely monster season. I just wanted to get that out there. Hmm. Yeah, but- I'm, big on, I'm big on Hopgood too, and I think he... There was... He played like 80 minutes in every game for a long time as well. Like he yeah. just was getting absolutely just smashed by Brad Arthur. And there was times when you're like, why, you know, why is he just playing so much? And then he randomly just started on the bench one week. Um, but I think just with that, like fitness and a season under his belt, I think, yeah, I think some big things from him this year. Um, I think he even got into the Queensland 
like he was on the like the 19th man or something potentially yeah, in the the extended last squad, year. Yeah. so yeah, I reckon if if he keeps it up, he'll be pushing for that for a Queensland jersey as well. Yeah, and like he he doesn't have to play eighty minutes every week because you've got Madison and you've got Joel Fahin Galway and you've got Wiramu Grieg and you've got Offahiki Ogden and you've got a lot of guys who can put in a couple of minutes to to spell him a little bit. But I can't anyway, believe it's taken this long to bring up Wiramu Grieg. I love Wiramu Grieg so much, and the thing like I'm so so glad that he came back towards the end of last season and he still had it a little bit about him. I was worried that. Uh, when he got the injury, he, was, he wasn't going to train as hard. He was going to put on a bit of timber and all that. But I love him. One of my absolute favorites. But with a big, with big apologies to Widemu Greig and absolutely nobody else, I've got Parra down in 11th because of that, because of that Brad Arthur stuff that I was, that I was talking about. I, I don't think this playing group is responding to him the way they once did or the, the way that they should. And again, I think that says more about the players than it does about Brad Arthur or his methods. But I think I, I I think by the end of the year we're going to be talking about a change there. Mm. What do you I think, think Evan? Where have you got them? Well, my change is going to be never speaking to you both again after. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is so fair. It's going to be a change, all right? Because I've got them in. I haven't done my ladder, but I think, like you're saying, that they should be aiming for top four. So I've got them in third. Nice. Okay. Uh, before we go, Edward. The rest is irrelevant of my ladder. <laughs> the Eels get three numbers on our team of the show roulette spin because they did not make the finals last year, of course. I've just sent you the list of the still available numbers. It's just there in the little chat thing on the side. Could you give me three numbers for the Paramount Eels, please? Can I go 23, please? Uh, no. What, what's wrong with you? I just sent you the numbers. Pick three that uh, aren't already picked. I wanted to continue the tradition of oh, picking the wrong number just to, to rile up a bit. Yeah, it works. Um, Good job. He's riled. Look at him. He's mm. got him. Uh, okay. What is, what's it going to be? I'd love for Parra to be the team of the podcast. Just, I remember there was a stage last year in the season when I was like, can you just talk about Parramatta and like mention that they're coming good? And then they obviously didn't. And so you're probably justified by not having them in your eight. When they were in your eight. But there was a couple of weeks where I was like, you're really just sleeping on, on Parra. Um, mm. So let's go seven. Okay. Because I was born in on the seventh month of the year. Okay. And Mitch Moses is going to win the Dalian halfback of the year. Sure. Uh, let's go 14 um, oh, for wow. Brendan Hands, who will be in the 14 jersey. And then... I knew all 20, these... 26. Yeah. 26? I knew all these random high numbers would still be left at the end. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I'm more of like a. Well, people can't be born on like the 32nd, so that that does make it hard. But yeah, uh, 20, anyway, 26 because that's actually my brother's birthday. So oh, um, shout out Nigel. Shout out brother Nigel. He'll be very unhappy if Paramount's team of the podcast because of his birthday. So that'll be a nice little. Oh, that's that's like, that's that's cerebral from you. All right, Edwin, where can people find your work and perhaps your services if they need any? social media consultancy uh yeah you can find me uh, the social sandwich on all good social media platforms um and then and that's probably the, the best way to go about it um you have to do a lot of instagram posting and and content so yeah check me out there if you if you would um i would usually plug twitter but yeah, twitter's kind of a bit dead isn't it um i still pop mm. in every now and then and you know have some some takes there but yeah hoping that you know, maybe this time next year I'll be like, yeah, cash me on threads. And you'll be like, yeah, I love threads. It's awesome. Stop so, trying to make threads happen. Yeah, I'm, get it's out. not I'm going to get happen. Get out of here. I'm going to keep trying. But right. uh, yeah, for, do hit up, hit him up for all your social media needs. Um, 
the social sandwich, the bee's knees in social media consultation. It means a lot from you, big social media guy as well, Campo. I know that how much you love and are passionate about social media <laughs> content and memes, <laughs> such computers. It's destroying our humanity, but like you know, you gotta you gotta make money, dude. Mm. All right, thanks, Edwin. Goodbye. Thanks, Ed. They can't see you doing a thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> are you? Is this some? Um, are we still going? <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Edwin. And joining us now to discuss all things Gold Coast Titans, it is uh, the Titans' number one fan, I believe, and sports bet's own Chris Chard. Welcome. Thanks, mate. How you going, guys? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, look, the horrors persist, but so do I. So here we are, 2024, another year. It certainly is another year. That's that's for sure. Say what you will about this year. It is one of them. Before we get to the Titans, um, I just want to ask Chris a little bit about the Alex Volkanovsky video that Sportsbet put out the other day. So... The, the, those of you that don't know, uh, Chris does a lot of the um, lot of the content for Sportsbet, a lot of the funny stuff you see out there, and the Volkanovski stuff just went absolutely crazy. It was him dressing up as an old man, doing all manner of old man things. Very funny stuff, really. I, I would say it's the biggest bit of content you guys have ever had. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, well, it certainly seemed to stretch the furthest. Um yeah, it's it's getting there, you know. Give it a give it a little bit of time, but uh, yeah, it's it's getting around. Yeah, it was uh, really funny stuff. Him, you know, watering his uh, watering his driveway like any old uh, Mediterranean man. Very good. Like, what what was your favorite little touch? What was your favorite uh, little sight gag about how old he was getting? Um, I enjoyed the stuff with his neighbor Beverly. Um. The actor Bev, who we used in that role, is a, a lady we've used a lot, and she plays the the cranky old lady very well. And she's just she's a real hoot, you know. She rocks up and smashes a couple of watermelon vapes, and then gets straight into it. And um, yeah, she had she had Volk on tilt um, for a while there. He, she was a uh, really really had him on edge. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Max Price who directed and did the bulk of writing for that one, uh, Maxie and, and Raman Garaya as well. So those two guys did a great job. And I was, you know, just happy to be the third wheel hanging on there. Um, but yes, you know, Volk is, is such a pleasure to work with and he's a fantastic actor and a lovely guy. So uh, makes it very easy. Uh, <laughs> we finished a shoot two hours ahead of schedule uh, just because he's so quick uh, with his takes, old one take Volk. So yeah, very happy. What because he got rattled by Bev, is that why he ended up losing on the weekend? Was she in his head? Was the uh, was the scent of the watermelon vape hanging in his nostrils when Tapuria took his head off? Yeah, like she certainly did get in his head. It's funny because we shot it at uh, it was like seven thirty on a Sunday morning. Um, we had a bit of a disaster the day before. We were supposed to be shooting a video of Tom Brady, and it all got kiboshed at the last minute. Oh no. Uh, um yeah, it's so a very flat. Um but then to come back from that with a you know the Volk video was uh we're, we're very happy with that. Um but yeah look um unfortunately things didn't go to plan for Volk on the weekend so uh, extremely flat after that but um you know he's a superstar and uh, when you get best mates with Mark Zuckerberg I can only see good things in your future. So, yeah that was incredible. Uh, that was the wildest part of Sunday was seeing I, I gotta tell you when I saw Zuckerberg walking you met my heart sank. Yeah, oh, I thought, not a good I thought we were in like, trouble. You cannot ally yourself with the computers, man. You cannot do this, Volk. Man versus machine. Um, 
Yeah, well, look, Sarah Connor doesn't have anything to worry about just yet. But, um, but yeah, it was funny, strange things. Up. He's, he's hung out with us like a bit over the, the past few years and, yeah, uh, helped him out with uh, some of the modelling and things like that and, uh, you know, Zach's own fighting ambitions. Um, haven't come to fruit yet, but, you know, interested to see, watch this space, I guess. Mark Zuckerberg is sending the world towards some sort of AI-led dystopia. I feel like the Titans would do well in such an environment because they are like chaos agents that exist outside the realms of human decency. You said on the show last year, Chris, that you think going for a successful team would be very, very stressful. I would say that the Titans are just a stressful team in general, but Des is up here. Can he tame the madness and turn this very strange, very fun Titans team into something a little bit more consistent, if not a contender? Um, look, absolutely not. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it'll be enjoyable. It will have its moments, but uh, it's it's all very strange. The whole Des thing, I still find it very strange. I mean, the local media is having an absolute ball because you, all of a sudden you've got you go from an extremely quiet, sort of straight back guy like a uh, sorry, a mental blanket into Des who who just gives you. You know, so much to play with, even when he's not saying a thing. He's just, um, you know, just just wants to rebel against something that's not quite there. I, I don't know why what he's always pushing against, but it, it's like he's just waiting for some um, injustice to come. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a strange one. I don't really understand it, but it will be entertaining. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just glad that good rugby league man Jim Lenahan was able to seamlessly transition back into his role as an assistant coach. That's what good yeah. rugby league men do. It's true. He's a, yeah, I mean, exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm very glad he got kept on. Uh, mm. Yeah, it would have been awful to see him get turfed out as well. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, Des, um, I know they always have this thing about him being the nerd scientist and stuff. I don't really see it myself. I've gone back and I've watched some of the, the manly glory days. Um, mm. they're, they're quite a meat and potato sort of side, you know, strong forwards and fast outside backs. There's nothing particularly ridiculous about their game. Um, they're not throwing trick players or the like. They're just, yeah, we're, we're tough teams. Um, so I don't know if I buy the whole madness of Dez. I, I think it's, it's a little bit of a front he puts on for the media. So... I don't really know what's going to happen, though. We, um, it's very strange times. Like if you look at the raw materials of this Titans team, I think there's a lot of stuff to like. Like, I, but you know, Jaden Campbell's one of the, one of the, you know, one of the more exciting up and coming players in the league. Lafiana Carna Pereira, Lafiana Carna Pereira, sorry, is fast as shit. Brian Kelly, I thought we had a, a really underrated season last year. I think he's a really classy left center. We have Phil the Power, Sammy. We love him. I liked the look of Tony, the franchise Francis, on the weekend. You know, Kieran Foran had the had the best year of his career. There's a lot of outside back talent there. Like I imagine that even if things aren't as consistent or measured as the Titans fans might like to see, there's points in this team at least. You know, there's there's stuff that can happen. They can run and gun and burn up the turf of skilled park a little bit. Yeah, I thought Lofi obviously had a fantastic year last year. Not not good enough to get a uh, nomination for Rookie of the Year, mind you, which is uh, <laughs> still sticking in my craw. Um, Twenty tries from you know a team that did nothing. Um, probably red red hot tries as well. Yeah, catching really falls ones. like fucking scorching shit. 
Yeah, there's no catch and fall merchant about him. He's um, yeah, very very cool. Um, so yes, yeah, so I do worry that you know Foran might have that sort of eight minute spell and then you know lose groin or something. That's a constant sort of concern. Unfortunately, I I think um that young uh, uh, Tom Weaver is going to play quite a bit of first grade this year. Just you know, you know, Foran's going to miss games, right? Like he's yeah. probably going to play part of the deal games this year. It's so whether, and I think they're past trying to wedge uh, Campbell or Brimson um, in a five-eight. So I think Tom Weaver will play quite a bit of first grade this year. And you know, I quite like watching Tom go around. He's got a good pass on him. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a pretty hot back line for you know, and then. They've had for a while, um, you, you know. So Chuck Francis in there, um, yeah. Um, I guys like Shoop, which you know he was a walk-on start last year. I can't really see him getting a game for a while unless he has a blinder this weekend. You talked yeah, about AJ Brimson. You say they finished trying to wedge him into the into five eight. They are now trying to wedge him into center. Yeah, very happy. Um, very you like happy. it? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think he. He showed a few years back in an origin match there. He marked against the red hot uh, Trubojevic and he played a really good game. He's a great defensive center. I just think he can still do all the good stuff he does from center. Um, you know, Jaden Campbell's a great broken field runner. Um, I, I just think Brimson has that strength now to get on side outside side of his man and put his winger away. I just think he can do all these good things at center. And there's a lot of people. Uh, clambering from him being the centers last year, and Holbrook was like, nah, 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 and then he sort of relented and then got pushed. So I, I'm a big fan of it. I think Campbell and Brimson have to be in the run on team if they're going to score points. Um, and I'm not sure where Keeney fits into it all. Uh, I think he's sort of thereabouts, whether they try him on the wing or something. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Brimson and centers, to be honest with you. I think it makes the most sense for them going forward. I think it's just better for the makeup of the team. And it's weird that the Titans just on paper have so many guys in strike positions that I like. But it's just this kind of spine of the team that I really am still not overly impressed with. You you, you mentioned Kieran Foreman very briefly there. I mean, a great player on his day, but those days are not going to happen every week at his age. And maybe Des Hasler, the, the the foreign whisperer, will get the absolute best out of him in what could be his last season. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I, I, I've never been a Tanner Boyd guy. Jaden Campbell is exciting, but I think he's still got a lot to learn about playing the playing position in terms of you know position positional awareness and defensive stuff, especially. And while they've got those marquee forwards as well in, in Tino Fafita and Mofo, the depth behind them does I think fall off. Quite quickly. So the Titans are a strange one to me because they're so top heavy in that there's so many guys on this team that I would kill to have on my team. But there's also guys that are going to be starting for them every week. Who I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near my club. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean, last year, I'm not sure how many first grade games Joe Stimson played, but it's probably 20 plus. And I was a bit like, I don't think that was in the plan. Uh, I don't think he was supposed to be uh, starting second row off for, you know, 20 games a year. Uh, so yeah, oh, I get what you're saying. I mean, Jolly off the bench is, I think, is underrated. Um, Firma coming back, pretty. I'm extremely excited about that. I think he's a very good player, but but yeah, um, I don't know about this whole thing about playing 
Chris Randall and Aaron Clark off the bench, like both sort of decent players, but yeah, it feels like we've got a small bench and, you know, it's not like there's some guy coming off the bench and you're like, oh, look out for this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, pretty pretty solid. Um, so, yeah, I, I get you. It's a weird sort of makeup. Um, and whether they sort of shake that up a bit as the year goes on, there's not heaps to do there. Perhaps um, Palu makes his debut, Josiah. Um, a lot of big things written about him. See how he goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting, especially come origin time when they lose um Tino and Dave and perhaps Firma. Um yeah. Um Jacob Alec um is sort of something. Um I'm not sure quite what he is yet, but he's I a like PNG Kummel, that's enough for me. Yeah, look, uh, you know, times always go better with at least one Kummel on the side. It's a David Me rule. So I'm I'm happy he's getting you know, he's got that number eleven jersey this week. So while Dave's out injured. So yeah. I think top heavy is the word for the Titans forward pack. Like when you look at their starters on paper and it's Fodder Wake Up, it's Tino Farsul Malawi, it's David Feeder, it's Bo Fermor. You're like, holy shit, that's awesome. That's crazy. That's the sort of pack that has the muscle and the strike to take on just about anyone in the competition. But then you sort of said it yourself there, Chris, like who's, who's backing them up? Who's spelling them? You know, and the drop off from the starters to the bench is really, really big. Unless unless Stez can stagger the minutes appropriately, there are going to be times when they're going to other teams are going to be able to just take big chunks out of them. You know, they're going to need someone like Ken Palacia to replicate the form he had at the Broncos last year or Jamin Jolliffe to keep doing his sort of good uh good workman like stuff. You know, the, but stra- they- the strategy we've got there is we've gone out and we've signed the younger brother the two younger brothers are really good players. So we've got Khalees Haas and Isaac Asul Malawi. So I thought, you know, that might be be something there. Those guys might sort of hit their straps and, mm. you know, whether they do, whether they don't, but, you know, it's like, oh, there's some potential there. Yeah. Gold Coast <laughs> um, Titans have always been the family club. Yeah, love doing that. We've got a foreign in there as well somewhere. So, you know, just keep it in the family and, yeah. and open for the best. Um, I remember when um, Israel Flau was getting around and everyone was falling over themselves and i think any Falau played for four or five clubs as well it's always just like you know what we'll just grab that guy just in case you know like you never you never sort of know let's just keep him floating around in there and uh yeah i swear i swear there was six blokes named john Falau. yeah who got a run were they were they all related to izzy hard to say yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a Hopawati situation where, you know, everyone's played against the Hopawati, you know. I've played yeah. against the Hopawati. Oh, I don't even know how, you know. Like, it was just a school football game. It's like, oh, this guy, he's who is he? He's like, oh, he's actually John's, you know, younger, younger brother. And I'm like, how is he younger brother? But anyway, it was just it was one of those things, you know, everyone's played against the Hopawati, so there's plenty of flowers out there. Um, but, yeah, look, I get what you're saying. And um, the other interesting thing is the, the Titans have sort of had a bit of shake-up with their uh, – Queensland Cup affiliates this year. So that's um, making things a little bit more interesting too. Um, trading Burley for Ipswich. Bit of a bit of affiliate chat has got the Queensland Cup. Perfect. It's just. Titillated. I can't believe, I can't believe Chris hasn't mentioned Cam Cullen yet. Yeah. Look, I mean, <laughs> has the ship sailed? Has it not? Um, yeah, I'd still buy a house off him. He I'm, not, I'm, not re- I'm not ready to give up on him. <laughs> no, I never no. will be. I mean, there's at least two men of steel awards there 
just going begging for Kim. Um, they're just there Absolutely. whenever we want them. Uh, you know, you walk straight into those ones. The real, the real estate king of Burley. He <laughs> yeah. runs that. He runs those streets. Make no mistake. Well, actually, Michael Witt is running the uh, the real estate um, former rugby league player down here. Um, yeah, Cullen's up in uh, Redcliffe, but um, yeah, Michael Witt still gets around here, and he, he actually does a lot of good stuff. He, he supports a lot of the the junior That's good. clubs. So I'd, I'd like to imagine. Witt. I'd like to imagine that Michael Witt runs to the very far corner of each property and makes a very big yeah, song yeah. and dance about planting the sign down. Or does he do that? Does he do that once he once he closes the deal? <laughs> he's also no, he waves it, the paperwork around before he signs it. Yeah, got a touch of the Trent Barrett's about him. He hasn't aged. Um, that's why he's, oh. he's, he's still, he was always he, a good-looking man, Witty. Always a good-looking man. Extremely good-looking man. Had a touch of the Daniel Mortimer's about him. Sexy eyes and all that. We, so. We've moved into good-looking man, good-looking rugby league guy chat, which yeah, is I'm always a place steal- I'm happy to be. I'm stealing Dino's thing here. Um, mm. So yes, hottest one hundred. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it's controversial picks this year in the hottest one hundred, by the way. But anyway, yeah, well, the controversy is what makes the count. You know, that's true. More like what? Sure, that is very true. Yeah, Herbie number one this year was. I mean, he's a very handsome man, but I don't know. I don't know. A lot of handsome men. Anyway, the Titans. So, what what exactly are you hoping for this year? Is it just making the finals? Is that is that a very simple proposition for you this year, or what do you what do you want? What are you feeling? Yeah, it was. It's hard because you try to ignore outside influences, and I was probably fairly uh, lukewarm about things, and then. I don't know, this, this random um, wave of uh, optimism has just sort of washed over people. Um, I was chatting to someone else and, oh, we're tipping them to come fourth. Just, what? What are you talking about? Where does this come from? Like, hmm. haven't signed anyone and, oh, but it's Des. I'm like, okay, so I'm expecting some Desi bounce. You know, there's always a, Des has that weird trajectory where the first year is pretty good and then, you know, things start to sort of crumble away. Um so I'm expect well the hope I guess is for that Des bounce. Um, I know things are going to be terrible. Sort of the back half of year two and year three will just be an absolute, you know, bonfire, um, clear the whole slate sort of thing. But I think you're going to get that eighteen months sort of holiday period, um, which would just be a change. Um, so yeah, look, dare to dream. Um, yeah, uh, God, I still don't really see him getting into the eight, but, you know, I'm hoping they're in that middle bunch that is trying for the eight. And that'll be fun to see. And if, you know, a couple of the guys can go on to bigger honours and if Jaden Campbell can play a lot of first grade football and um, be mentioned in conversations for things, that'll be, that'll make me pretty happy. Uh, I think. That's fair. Is there, is there a young guy that we've not talked about? We've talked about some young guys that were already established like, like Cam Pereira, but is there, is there anyone's, that people may not have heard of that you think could be involved in the first grade setup this year? Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I'm guessing Tony Francis will play, you know, at some stage, probably only a handful of games, and he's capable of, um, you know, creating very good highlight. Um, Jalen De Groot seems to be getting um, a bit of love, but again, he's playing in a position where, you know, probably not great, but he might. You know, go on to do other things. Uh, yeah, that's. I can't really see anyone breaking into the team as such. Probably just, you know, Josiah Palu. Um, I can see him getting some games, perhaps off the bench. He, you know, he, he's playing, you know, the forward pack, and uh, that will be hit during Origin period. 
Mo seems to have a pretty good track running into the Queensland team these days, and he's sort of seen as <laughs> he's sort of a protege. So I'm guessing that'd be an interesting sort of straight swap. But um, but yeah, look, far from that, as I said, Tommy Weaver could establish himself as a solid first grader if Foran, um, you know, doesn't have a great run with injuries. So Tom Weaver's an interesting one. I, I think he's, you know, he, he could play some pretty good first grade era. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, again, the Titans, I think you're right. I think your assessment's spot on. They'll be in that sort of there or thereabouts area, and I've got them in 11th place. But yeah. again, seventh or eighth wouldn't shock me. Yeah, like this is fourteenth also wouldn't shock me. This is a team that should absolutely be aiming for the eight. They've got the raw materials to do it, and they've got an extremely experienced coach who, like Chris just mentioned, his first season at new clubs invariably goes well. His oh, first yeah. season back at Manly was twenty nineteen. He took a very busted team to the second week of the finals. First year at um, Canterbury, he took them to the grand final. I want to believe in this team because um, it's a again raw, good raw materials and a really good coach, a really proven coach. But believing in the Gold Coast has stung me before. Um, so I want to see it before I can believe in it. So to that end, I've got him in 13th. I just, is mm. there a situation where a coach, an experienced coach, has gone away for a little while and come back and had success? That's what I, I worry about. You know, The mm. game moves so quickly and, mm. and Dez has, you know, he hasn't been out for years and years, but has been had that little break and... You know, he's going to come in and, and try stuff that was hot five years ago, or is he? It's he's a kept good the point. Cutting edge. Um, I'm really trying to think. Point. Like, I know when John Lang went away, and then he was. Well, even then, he didn't make the finals with South when he came back. Yeah, like, that's he just a, finished like tenth every year. That's sort of how I feel about it. I'm like, oh, you sort of he's taken that step to the side, um, mm. and yeah, there's no one really putting their hands up. So yeah, that's that does concern me. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's an like interesting you, one because mm. he's he's not like a, a a Bennett or a Bellamy who's sort of aged into into more of a man manager role. There's a very technical coach, you know, and once the technicalities of the game pass him by, like they do all of us in the end, is he going to be able to adapt in that way? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, look. I'm saying putting the line at sort of round six for a press conference blow up. So, you know, I mean, they've got a pretty decent draw the start of the year, the Titans, you know, dragging straight off the bat and then into the bye. And and I think that the first six weeks are pretty, pretty decent. Like they, you know, they've had some tough starts the years, you know, gone by, but yeah, they couldn't probably ask for a better draw, I don't think. So, so yeah, I mean, if they get out, get a bit of confidence early and sort of hang in there till you know, Fafita and Campbell are back, you know, if they can go into sort of, yeah, that sort of origin period sort of thereabouts, I'll be pretty happy with that, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty realistic expectations. Chris, uh, we're doing a roulette spin in Las Vegas to determine who the team of the podcast is. If you check the little chat off to the side, I've given you the remaining numbers on the roulette wheel. You get to pick three for the Gold Coast type. All right, I'm just going to click more so I can see mm. these numbers. Um, so I get to choose three numbers, correct? Three of those remaining 12 or 13, whatever it is. Fantastic. I'll take double zero. Nice. Uh, 16. Uh, mm -hmm. Good omen with the Titans. 
Um, 34. 34, I like it. There we go. All right. Zero, six, double zero, sorry. Double zero, 16, and 34. Some solid picks there. Does double zero ever come up? I mean, presumably. That's how they they make all (laughs) that extra money in American casinos. I guess I don't know. Double zero, double zero, double zero is bullshit. It is I would, bullshit. I would love, I would love Titans team at the show though. I wouldn't mind it. I, I wouldn't feel like be that. That'd be that'd be that'd be all. fun for us. You're saying I should go to the, the the pit and put the entire Patreon fund on double zero. I thought you were already doing that. Oh, but, okay. Um, well, yeah. How about the absolute rush for the uh, Sydney NRL media managers yesterday trying to get the Travis Kelsey? You, it is imagine these guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, 12, 12 blokes just running. You know, the hardest with jerseys outstretched. Please wear our jersey and like us. Um, Jeez, yeah. tough time. Who's gonna Who's gonna win that race? <laughs> Who we got? Um, oh God, I'm I'm tipping it will be South, won't I? Well, but, this, wow. but the thing is, all none of Souths are here. Souths That's true. The, none of the players that like. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, hang on. Okay. Travis Kelsey and Buddy Gordon, I think, could become great. Now friends. that's a com- now that's a combo. But yeah. then, but then, if if Taylor Swift sees Buddy Gordon, she'll just leave Travis. That's like true. why go to the Super Bowl when you can go to Ring Rose Park to watch Power Play went to watch South play Wentworthville. I can't wait for her next album, Buddy. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and Vegas guys are heading over or watching from afar. Or... Well, I'll be there. What are you? Are you? Are you going? I won't be. We oh. will have some um, boots on the ground over there. Hanson Henry Goodman will be uh, okay. over there and uh, at the uh, the combine and the like. And um, yeah, we might even sneak in some uh, tight NRL players as well, just for a while. Oh, fantastic. Very nice. All right. all right, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you all the best for the upcoming season. Uh, but before we get out of here, I got a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash number rookies. You get access to our Discord server, a uh, third show every week, entry into this year's Culture and Cup, uh, merch discounts. And Chris will give you a $1,000 in bonus bets on Sports Bet if you sign up today. Is that fair? Um, gamble responsibly. That's all I'm allowed to say. So, um... <laughs> and thank you to Alex Sergicomi, Chris Avnell, Dave, Michael, Braith. Wraith, the penalty's going against you. Ah, you're off your head, Murray. Rocky and Rathi, Stu, weak-gutted Wayno, Ashley and Martin. Broncos legend Adam Reynolds. Bruce the Palm, Butsy, can I pet that dog? Chewback is an Apolopagus. Damn Triple H, damn his soul, you son of a bitch. Dan Cullinane, David, an anonymous backer. Ed Burton, El Presidente, Del Valverde, Rodrigo, Eduardo the Fourth. Future Club Churchill medalist, Keon Kalamatungi. Give me the fucking ball. I can't yell because Zoom cuts my microphone out. I upped my subscription just to hear you read this out while I was on the show. Sorry, Edwin. I was saying Boo Hearns, Jason, Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks out of the comp. Lachlan Hancock, Luke Charles Midwell, Mads, Taylor's version. Matthew Duggan, Morgan Watkins. My name is Nick Campton, and Rugby Union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy. Nick Kotrick lives on my streets. Willingly coaching him to run it straight. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dirty kid off. Get him off the field. That was diabolical. Ormac 78. Please fucking change that one, mate. I fucking hate it. Oh, I hope he's changed it. Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark. See you in Vegas. Shunter, the black vegetable. The inevitable return of the great white dope. Thor, Tom Hardy was. We are. So someone else changed it. Fuck me. We are now offering shout-outs to everyone in lower tiers and everyone's listeners. Please, please send five dollars to Australia. Fucking Hunter, I swear to God, change that one. It sucks. And Westlife Podcast, West Tigers are back, baby. Thank you, you so much. Show he's not back. You, you're on tilt, dog. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I Well, when I saw... That's the second time someone's faked me out with the changing the name as a piss tech and me thinking that means that the one I don't want to read out anymore is gone. But it's just someone else going rogue. So good on them. And good on everyone else in the lower tiers and everyone who listens. Thank you as well. God.
Jesus Wait. Christ. <laughs> they got it's him on February, the February 23rd, <laughs> and I'm already a broken man. going to be a long year. Fuck me. All right. Chris, uh, anything else you got to want to say before we get out of here? No, no, just, um, you know, be kind to each other. Um, you know, I, I was watching that thing with the Bears, 200,000 members. So congratulations to all those 200,000 members. Uh, and then I saw yesterday on social media, they've got 1,400 members. So there's a fair bit of disconnect there. In those two yeah, reports. well, you know, what's, what's the zero between friends? Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, what's, but, what's, what's 186,000 people Perth, Wellington, between friends? P&G, I could not believe that quote. Like, how did no one just instantly be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no sporting club in this country has 200,000 members, let alone yes, a defunct rugby league club that plays in front of 20 people at North City Oval every weekend. And and Bears uh, knocked down Seagull Stadium. So, like, we got bad blood. But, um, oh, yeah. those, those, that, that, that. <laughs> well, that's why we got to bring him back for that, that yeah. Titans Bears the, rival. The, ti- the, Titans, the Titans' biggest rival being a defunct team is very on brand. I like that a lot. All as right. long as it's still burly. Fair, 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 fair. All right. Say goodbye, Chris. Okay. See you guys. Say goodbye, Cambo. See you, Bertrand. That's goodbye from me.